Adam loves the Lord. He is a worshiper. He is even a pastor. He prays in tongues. He prays in the spirit. But he didn't expect to get an interpretation that defined the words that he was praying in the spirit as an actual language spoken in Africa and written down by missionaries over 150 years ago. Adam is going to show how the Lord interpreted a tongue, then gave him the library, the address of the book, and all the words that he was saying in the spirit. It's a powerful show. For your time, and it's always an opportunity to just make Jesus famous and share the great, glorious things that he's doing, some of which are a little bit out of the box for some people. You know, Jesus, the, the Father says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing over and over and over. And I used to not quite get that until I've walked and I've seen so many cool things in the Spirit. And now it makes sense what the Lord says, you know, I used to do it that way, but now I'm doing a new thing, and it's always creative. We serve an incredibly creative Father. And my guests that we bring on the Firestorm Live broadcast are all about encouraging you and provoking you that there is more to the Christian life, maybe than you've ever walked in, more than sitting in pew and praying and worshiping, although those are wonderful and we always want to do them. But, you know, the Lord never said, pray to me, worship me, sing songs to me, although those are glorious and we have to do them, he said, follow me. And I believe follow me means whatever we see him doing, we do because we follow in his footsteps. So the the fun of this show is it's always organic and we never quite know what God's going to do. But my guest tonight is my friend Adam Cates. So if you like the song in the intro to this show, Adam wrote that. Adam is a worshiper. Adam is a musician. Adam is uh, also a pastor, but I think at his heart, he just hosts the presence of the Lord. So, Adam, I want to thank you for being on the Firestorm Live show tonight. Scott, it's my pleasure. Amen. It's good to be here with you, buddy. And you have some just crazy cool stuff the Lord has done with you. It's going to be really fun to share. But I led with hosting the presence. Mm. Uh, and I think we probably, you know, listeners kind of get that. Yeah, I kind of get that. Well, what does that mean to you um, when you say I, I, I'm hosting the presence of God? Yeah. Wow. It's a lot to unpack right there. Yeah. Hosting the presence of God, I think, is the um, it's the highest purpose of living mm. to host his presence. You know, there was a time when you know, it was a temple that was made of stone and laid in gold and all kinds of beautiful ornaments, you know, but God wasn't content with that. You know, the day that Jesus died, there was the the, the thick, heavy veil that yeah. separated the presence of God from the people. And only the high priest could go in once a year. And upon Jesus' death, the, the veil tears into and god says i'm breaking out <laughs> yeah from top to bottom right from, <laughs> from god's side down to, to our side he says i'm doing a breakout and he says i'm no longer content to live in dwellings built by human hands but i'm actually going to construct a dwelling built of human hearts you know the, the apostle peter calls us living stones mm. that we're all joined together and, and jesus is the cornerstone but um we are now the temple of the living God. So the purpose of our life and the purpose of the church, the purpose of everything is to be a host to his presence in us, Christ in us, the hope, the hope of, glory. of glory. And it's pretty, 
it's a pretty exciting way to live. And it's kind of what you have really founded, I feel like, your entire ministry life has been on music worship, praise and worship in a way that really changes the atmosphere, we say, where people that come to the events that you do in your church and other music events, I know them, and they come back and they say, that church hosts the presence. When you go there, you will experience the presence of God, mm. which is a high calling. I mean, mm. that's that's a high bar, but I've experienced it myself over and over, and I, I just believe that you carry that breaker anointing to show people there's a deeper level. There's more mm. than um, maybe what they've seen before. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a myriad of ways in which people in so many different kinds of churches can host this presence, but you've got to be intentional about it. And, um, you know, we sing a worship song that says, let us become more aware of your presence. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful song by uh, the Torwaltz. Um, let us become more aware of your presence. So it's not that we worship to beg God to come. Mm. He, he wants to come more than we want him to come. And indeed, Jesus said, hey, when two or more of you gather in my name, I'll be there in the midst of you. But I, I think part of what we're growing in is growing in our awareness of his presence. And not just in a church service, but you and I sitting here or you in a Starbucks or a coffee mm. shop going, Lord, let me become more aware that your presence is here in me and with me, you want to do things yeah. that are beyond the scope of logic and beyond the scope of human power. You want to do things because yeah. God likes to have fun. It's so cool because that's kind of the ethos of the Firestorm live show and the Firestorm United Ministry is that the Lord lives in you. The Word says, don't you know you yourselves are God's temple? God's mm-hmm. Spirit lives in you. That's First Corinthians 3.16. And the very Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. Mm-hmm. So therefore, everywhere I go, he goes. Mm-hmm. Everything I do, he is involved in. You look at your hand right now, that's God's hand because he lives in you. Mm-hmm. So when you have that appreciation that you're a carrier of the presence, that's kind of how we we leverage that in the firestorm ethic to pray for people in the public arena in the Starbucks in the IKEA in the in the marketplace and we're seeing the sick healed in the grocery store we're seeing people come to the lord in the bank line mm. we're seeing and it's not because we're uniquely we don't have a formula, mm-hmm. but we just start with the mentality of, Lord, you love these people. You live here in me. What do you want to do today? Yeah. And it's a crazy, thrilling lifestyle yeah. that's way more than anything I ever knew. So, yeah, in, in talking about hosting the presence and being people of the presence, mm. part of that, along with that, comes like an obligation, I think, mm. to not keep it to yourself, mm. but actually to give it away, to, to be a carrier into the world. Absolutely. How have you seen the Lord, um, you know, manifest that way? Yeah, that's so good. Uh, you know, this I love this idea of hosting the presence because I really think we can't host the presence until we, we deal with the piece of identity. Mm. Who am I really? You know, and, and, and the thing about there's true religion and then there's and then there's religiosity. Mm. There's a religious spirit that that has a form of godliness on the exterior, but it denies the power, power. of inward transformation. 
And I think we, you know, we, de- we deal and struggle a lot with religiosity. You know, whether you're in the Hindu culture in India or you're here in the Western church in America, um, religiosity is this, um, it, well, it is a spirit. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an evil force that tries to actually use a good thing but ultimately to separate people from the reality of the presence which brings the power to transform us. Mm-hmm. And so I find in my own life I can't host his presence very well when I'm allowing my identity to be assaulted by lies. Okay. You know, we know that the enemy is the accuser and that he he lies. It's his first language. And and so for me, hosting the presence, whether it's individually as our community, it's not even so much about the activity or the songs that we're singing or the instruments that we're playing, but, but really it's about the posture of your heart. Have I put myself in a place to receive all that Jesus has done to purchase my sonship, not just my salvation, not just to, to spare me from eternal torment and yeah. the, the, the consequences of my sin, but to invite me to a seat at the table in the Father's house. Mm. You know, it, years ago, we, we decided to call our church Big House. Number one, because my dad bought a really big house yeah. in a historic neighborhood in downtown Norfolk. And um, he had a vision that God was going to fill it with young people and that he was going to transform their lives through his word and his presence in authentic community. And so we called it Big House. But the Lord also revealed to us that Jesus said, listen, in my Father's house, in my Father's house, not not in a townhouse on the same block that my father lives on, but yeah. in my father's house, under my father's roof, there's a place for you. I'm preparing a place for you. And so we see Jesus revealing his father as so intimate and desiring to pull people close into his heart. And we deal so much, all of us, myself included, I'm a pastor, but I, I deal with the assault of shame and the lies of the enemy that come to attack my identity as a son of God. And to say, look, Adam, you're weak here. You fall here. You fail people here. And in and and, and this spirit of self-loathing and self-hatred, I, I believe even in the church here in America, we have a low-grade fever mm-hmm. of self-loathing because we can spend so much more time listening to the accuser and what he's saying to us than pressing in past that to hear what is the Father saying to me? through the Holy Spirit, through sending his son Jesus. So for me, hosting his presence, it's got to start first with our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. And when we come into that, we realize that, as Romans says, all of creation is groaning, that the sons and daughters of God would be manifest, that they would stand up and be counted and say, I'm a son and daughter of the living God. I have dominion, Jesus. All authority has been given to me. I confer on you a kingdom. You don't have to get beat up by the liar and the accuser anymore. And when we begin to step into that place of sonship, all of a sudden we are hosting his presence. We are carrying it in our marriage, with our children, in our homes, in our churches, in our workplaces, wherever we are in the marketplace, we're hosting his presence. Um, And then I think we can grow in, in really the art of the heart of worship is to become aware. Like right now, his presence is here. His Holy Spirit is speaking, and we learn to respond to what he's already doing, which I think you find as you take teams out and you guys are just going on the streets and just you're responding to what he's already trying to do in people's lives and coming alongside the Holy Spirit, partnering with the Holy Spirit to be intentional to say, 
No, you don't have to wait for Sunday. God wants to meet you yeah. right here, right now. And I've found that you will actually see more movement of the Spirit, more movement of Jesus in the church after you start seeing more movement outside the church. Mm. Yep. So everybody wants to be like, oh, well, let's do it in the safe place in the church. Oh, right. you know, Miss Gladys, we can pray for your sore throat. Yeah, and you do it in the church. Mm. I don't see a whole lot of stuff there, but when I pray for the lady in ikea this weekend who had a sore throat and Mm. we pray for her and we see the pain go away in a moment Mm. then i see it carry more into the faith community Mm. so yeah and you know the firestorm live broadcast and the firestorm united team ministry this is what we're all about we just want to raise the bar of what does it mean to be a believer and is it you're a believer you believe in jesus I think every Christian that is listening right now would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, absolutely. Well, do you believe Jesus, though? Hmm. There's a difference between I believe in him Hmm. or I believe him. Because when he says, hey, as you go, go in all the world, as you go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, Hmm. these are commands that – he says, follow me. These are the things that he did. These are things that we should be doing. And most Mm. people look at that and they go, I have absolutely no capacity to heal the sick or raise the dead. And glory, you're right. Mm. You don't have any capacity, but what spirit lives in you, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. So therefore, when I get a handle of I'm a host of the presence and the Lord lives in me because he loves me, Mm. then it it actually is really freeing because it's mm. not about you anymore. Yeah, it's you know, and it kind of ties it back into identity. You know, the stuff we like to call it the stuff, the yeah. the moving and the miracles, the signs and wonders that Jesus said those who believe in Him would do. But it's tied back to the identity piece. I mean, remember that story of the seven sons of Siva who they see Paul and he's driving out demons, and 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 yeah. they have the spirit of the world in them. How can we? get a ministry too. How can we build a little platform and get a little notoriety and they go and try and drive this demon out of this guy and the demon goes, uh, Jesus, I know, know. Paul, Paul, I know, I know Jesus. (laughs) I don't know you and you don't know who you are. (laughs) The spirit jumps on them and attacks them and sends them away bleeding and and bloody. So we see that it's not this weird religious formula. Mm -hmm. It's about the heart coming into sonship, knowing him. The disciples that walk with Jesus, they came to know the Father. They received the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them. And Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem after I ascend, the Father sending power to you. And so there was this intimate connection. The power flowed from the identity and the sonship that they had yeah. that was revealed through Jesus. And and once we get that piece settled, we can all do the stuff. We can. And it's so freeing. And you know, so I want to segue into the the really cool testimony that you have. I'm, mm. I'm just it's so thrilling. I'm excited to hear it again. So, you know, Firestorm Live, we come to you every week just to provoke and encourage you. And there are some topics that I just stay away from. I don't want to poke the bear. I don't want to irritate people. One of those topics, speaking in tongues. I don't talk about it. I don't think it's absolutely crucial and it irritates and stresses a lot of people. But we're about to talk about it, and we're going to talk about it from a position that I think no matter where you are on the spectrum, the Lord is going to reveal some things, and you're going to say, I feel the Spirit on that. Mm. So, yeah, what happened What happened with you, Adam? Well, you know, the first thing I'll say about 
that is go rabarabashando robrobokid. You know, and I'm not going to interpret. So, oh no, the people no. just turned off the radio. I just, if you're out, if you're listening out there, and you know, maybe you're in a camp that you know would would say, hey, the these gifts of the spirit stopped when sh- scripture was canonized, and what we see going on today is a whole lot of baloney yeah. and showmanship. I just want to say, I get it. There's been so much abuse. Amen. And we have a cult of personality in the church, and we get drawn into charisma and emotion and charismatic figures, and and nobody wants to put their trust in that. And, and so, if you're in a place of skepticism, let me just say I totally get it. And um, I just want to tell you a story of of something that happened to me. Yeah. So um, I did grow up in a more charismatic expression of the faith. I was born in the late 70s. You know, my dad um, was a good Lutheran boy, altar boy, mm-hmm. um, confirmed uh, in the Lutheran church outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And um, in the early 70s, as that charismatic move began to sweep from California to the East Coast, um, my dad had an experience with God that he can he can say, I just had an experience with God. Yeah. And, and the Holy Spirit came alive in my life in a new way. And, and, and he began to do things like speak in tongues. And, and so I grew up a pastor's kid uh, outside of Maryland and then Long Island, New York. And, um, and I grew up in that tradition. So for me, I never had anyone telling me like, hey, speaking in tongues is of the devil or is <laughs> not for today. Um, so I know a lot of people are coming from a different background. And I just want to say I, I respect that. Um, but for me, as a 15-year-old kid, I, I rededicated my life to the Lord. I had been running from God. I was a pastor's kid. I told the Lord that I would give my life to him when I was 21. But up until then, I, I wanted to have some fun. There were some things I wanted to do. And then uh, after that, I'd give my, and he was like, ha, 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 yeah, sure. And my mom drugged me to uh, a youth gathering outside of Washington, D.C. in uh, the early 90s. And I walked into a room and there were a thousand teenagers worshiping with their hands in the air, just praising God. And as I walked in the room, I felt like a gust of wind hit me in the face. And it was the presence of God. It was the manifest, tangible, yes, my emotions were involved, and but I was experiencing the presence of God that comes in a manifest way when people open their mouths and worship the name of the living God who they can't see, but by faith, they're beholding him and worshiping him. And I said, that's it. I want the cross. I want Jesus. Gave my life to Jesus that night. That summer, I went to on a mission trip to Mongolia for for a month. Uh, I was like, "What's the farthest, darkest place I can go to?" Communism had just the, fallen in Mongolia, and my roommate there had a guitar, and he taught me three chords. And if you know three chords, you can play a thousand worship songs. Okay. And so I came back home, and, and, and all of a sudden, just the life of the Spirit began to be developed. I got baptized in, you can call it baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I began to speak in tongues. And, and, and if you've ever spoken in tongues, you know you've got your, you've got your phrases. Yeah. You know, you kind of got your language. It's and, regional, too. It's different if you learned totally. it in Texas or in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And, uh, and so I, I always had that, but, and I've always used it. I've, uh, 
I believe in singing in tongues as, as we worship. Uh, you know, Paul had to rebuke the Corinthians because they were getting together and just singing in tongues the whole time, and nobody understood what was going on. He said, yeah, hey, drinking, they were drunk. And they, <laughs> they were, were singing. getting drunk, and then they were singing in tongues the whole time. And Paul said, yeah, you're kind of missing, missing the point here. So I believe in the church that we've got to be careful with how we use these gifts. Um, it's not a sensationalism or... You know, you're not more spiritual if you speak in tongues the whole time. But I tell you, there are times where I just don't have English words. Okay. <laughs> and I just open my mouth and I just let, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit is praying the perfect will of God mm-hmm. through my tongue. Well, that's what the Word says. You know, the, the Word says that the Spirit will give utterance in groans and utterings that are beyond our understanding. He'll intercede for us. Well, that's Praise the God. same spirit that lives in me because the word says that I'm a carrier. We're back to the identity thing. Yeah. So when you get, I feel like when you get you out of the way, yeah. you know, Jesus said anyone who would come after me must first deny himself. Mm-hmm. We, It's not about you anymore. You know, the word says I'm basically dead. I'm crucified with Christ. Right. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the right. life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. So what if it's I was dead and now i'm a new thing mm. i'm a new creation and in that new creation the spirit that lives in me changed now i have holy spirit and he does all kinds of crazy cool creative stuff because he is creator yeah right well and you think about jesus even teaching his disciples to pray he teaches them to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven hmm. well around the throne of god in heaven you have every tongue Every tribe, every nation worshiping God. If you were to stand right now around the th- in the throne room of heaven, you would hear what would sound similar to if you were standing at the base of Niagara Falls. You would hear yeah. billions of voices in different dialects and tones praising the name of Jesus in their own language, and it would sound undiscernible to you. But Scripture in many different places says the voice of the Lord is like the sound of many waters. Yeah. And literally that is the sound of heaven. And so uh, I get so I get so excited when I think about what it's going to be like and and I've always had a deep desire when we gather together corporately like on Sunday mm-hmm. in the church like a big house. We've got this opportunity to to not just hum through a few songs or hymns but to actually go into the heavenly realm. And, and, and be a part of that cloud of witnesses and, and bring great praise yeah. to the name of Jesus. And so I'm always telling people, listen, there's a sound of praise down inside you. There is a roar of worship. And, and if I have to reach my hand down your throat and rip it <laughs> out, you, you, I'm either going to make you terribly uncomfortable or, or you're just going to give into it and realize that the lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring through your life. And there's a sound of praise that if you don't release your sound, there's something missing. There's something missing from this symphony. You know, that Greek word symphonia, it means agreement where we get symphony. There's a sound that's missing. Every believer has a sound of worship. And and it's not just about shouting, but it's about when your identity connects to what he's done for you. The only appropriate response sometimes is to become totally discombobulated and just to let the volcanic eruption of thanksgiving and praise come up and out of you. And I believe that that sound shakes the ground 
yeah. in, in a spiritual sense, shake the ground with a heavenly sound. I believe that it actually shifts the spiritual atmosphere. I believe when Paul says that the gifts that he's given us are mighty for the demolishing of strongholds, mm-hmm. that actually the sound of praise, and we see it all throughout Scripture from Jehoshaphat to David to Paul and Silas at mi- in the midnight hour in a prison, that the strategy of heaven to break the yoke of darkness was a song. It was a sound. Mm -hmm. And so I'm passionate about the sound that the church has to make. And it doesn't all have to sound like this, what we do on Sunday at Big House. I love the sound of the traditional hymns. Because you sing those. We do those. We do. But it's about, man, are you meaning what you're singing right now? Or are you singing it just out of religious tradition because it's the right thing to do? Because when you connect to the why behind your sound, authority, presence, a shaking, literally. There's a shaking in the spiritual atmosphere. And, and, you know, the Bible calls it this present darkness Mm -hmm. that we live on. God allows us to live to be the light in the dark, but we live under a darkness, but we have a sound to combat it. And we have weapons of praise and prayer and humility and worship that actually have the power to break the back of strongholds, to, to shake their foundations and to welcome the kingdom of heaven. And and so I realized that when, when I finally go home to be with the Lord, Scott, the veil's going to be completely removed. Mm-hmm. I won't be looking dimly through the glass. I'm going to be beholding him face to face. I don't want to look back on this life I lived on the earth and regret because this is a special time. Mm-hmm. I'll only have this time once for all eternity that I got the opportunity to praise the name of the living God when I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him just by faith. And I think it's something that's precious to heaven. And it's something that we shouldn't take lightly. Um, so we were talking about tongues. Yeah, right? let's get into the, let's just jump right off. We got just a few minutes to before we get to a station ID. All right. But so, uh, yeah, what happened to you? So I'm driving down Virginia Beach Boulevard probably about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to use my car as a prayer closet. and uh, And so I will... I'll go at it, you know, like if you pull up next to me at a stoplight, you know, you might look over and go, there's a stark raving man in the truck next to me, and he seems to be shouting or doing something, should I call the police? But I'm in my car, I'm going to meet a friend um, who's in a band that I was, uh, that I was in at the time, my my drummer, we're going to meet for lunch, and I'm in my car and I'm just praying in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus, worshiping. And all of a sudden, this phrase begins to roll off of my tongue. You're praying in English, just normal. Yeah. And it changes. Praying in English, and then I'm and then I'm kind of praying in my normal prayer language, my tongues. Mm. And then all of a sudden I start going, mm pakataka de boom ba way. Mm pakataka de boom ba way. And all this phrase, mm pakataka de boom ba way, starts to roll off my lips. And I've never I mean, it kind of sounds like a, something like a Kuna Matata from yeah. The Lion King or something. <laughs> but immediately in my spirit, I have a sense that what I'm singing is African in origin. It's tribal. It's worship. It's warfare. It's breakthrough. Because I'm I'm literally feeling like my ab muscles flexing. And, yeah. I, you know, I was 
probably 30 pounds lighter back then too. So there was <laughs> it's more, different, yeah. more visible. <laughs> but I just began to sing this phrase, Mbakataka de boom bob away. And I had, and I, and I got out my, my little voice recorder and, and, and I recorded because I was like, something different's happening here. I, this has never happened to me before. This is not a sound I've ever made. And it literally was out of left field. And so, um, you know, it kind of stuck with me. Um, just ruminated on it, thinking about it. Later that month, I was in Dallas, Texas. I was visiting a friend who had just planted a church uh, called the Upper Room in Dallas, and um, and I was staying with them. And, and I I asked him and his wife. I said, "Hey, do you guys ever get like a weird tongue? That's like this isn't my normal yeah. my normal prayer language." And and uh, the guy's wife goes, "Oh, absolutely." She goes, "You should type it into the Google search bar." I'm thinking that's brilliant. Why didn't Why didn't I think of that? And I had written the phrase down mpaka, um, like it sounded like M P A K A. So I didn't I didn't know if m was a separate word and paka was a separate word. Um, so mpaka taka de bumba, and and I write all these these words down and I type it into the Google search bar, and I get a link to the Cornell. The, the Cornell University Library, the like, Ivy League Cornell University. Ivy League Cornell University, okay. and they, you know, they had, they had put their entire library online. So they scanned the books, and um, and I open the link, and I see a book that says a grammar of the Bekele language with vocabularies written in 1854 by a missionary named Preston, <laughs> and so like all of a sudden all the hairs is standing up on the back of my neck and I'm like, what is this? I read a little bit and it's basically um, some missionaries that were called to what's modern day Gabon and um, which is in Western Africa in a mountainous region. And they were, they had been called to the Bekele tribe um, to bring the gospel. And obviously to bring the gospel to these people, they had to learn their language. So they wrote this little book which had uh, the interpretation of their language into English words. And so the majority of the book, it's just, a, I'm holding it here in my hand. Actually, a friend of mine um, from Dallas found an actual copy of the book and bought it and mailed it to me cool. uh, years after I, I had this experience. And so it's kind of one of my favorite little. And we took a picture of it, and you can see it in the show notes for the Firestorm Live broadcast. So if you want to see what it is, go on our website, firestormunited.org. Click on the uh, today's show, the show notes, and you'll be able to find this exact book from uh, some missionaries wrote it in 1854. 1854. All right. What did did God do? According to Cornell Library here, it hasn't been checked out since May 15th of 1975. Um, Not not surprising. Two years before I was born. (laughs) But um, so I said to my friend Michael, wouldn't it be crazy if these words were in here? And so we go, well, let's look for the word paka. Mm-hmm. P-A-K-A. And so we, I open the glossary, and I go to the back, and there it is. P-A-K-A. And I scroll over to see what it means in English, and it says praise. Praise. Okay. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, what? <laughs> praise Paca. And so I find the word praise, and then I'm like, well, it was also mm Paca. And so I go to the M's. There, there it is. M P A K A. Mpaka means a gift or the place of the garden. And I'm like, okay, praise the gift of praise, the place of the garden. What this is, this is amazing. I'm like, okay, 
what about the word taka, T-A-K-A? I go to the T's, there it is, T-A-K-A. It means to boil over. And at this time, I had really been digging into um, seven key Hebrew words for praise. And in, uh, I guess it's in Psalm 22, it says that, it says that God inhabits the praises of Israel, mm-hmm. or he's enthroned upon he's enthroned the praises, the praises yeah. of Israel. And, and the word for praise there is a Hebrew word called tehillah. And the tehillah praise literally means a spontaneous combustion of praise that comes from revelation. So I want you to think about the throne room in heaven and these 24 elders and these four living creatures. And we read about these elders that take their crowns off their head and they throw them down on the ground and they begin to cry out, holy, holy. What they're doing is releasing a tequila praise because they've had revel, fresh revelation of the beauty, majesty, divinity, glory of the living God as they behold him with unveiled faces. And they can't sit on their thrones wearing their crowns. Mm -hmm. There's a spontaneous eruption. Tehillah means songs of an unrehearsed nature. So, you know, we show up to to church on Sunday and we sing through songs that we've rehearsed. Mm -hmm. But we also take time to sing a new song. And, And we we kind of pull people into it. Listen, you're going to feel a little uncomfortable with this at first. You might not know what to say or sing, but we believe that as you behold the face of Jesus, as you gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, as David says in Psalm 27, there's going to be a fresh revelation of his goodness that's going to cause an eruption of praise to come up out of you. So I'm finding this phrase, pakataka, praise that boils over. And, and I just... Yeah, from the garden. From the place of the garden, the yeah. gift. Yeah. And God's just like downloading this revelation. And I find the word dibumba, D-I-B-O-M-B-A. It's actually a word. And yeah. it's a real word in the Bekele. And dibumba means the cause or the reason. The cause or the reason that the praise boils over. It's him. It's, Je- it's the revelation of Jesus that causes a spontaneous eruption of glorifying him. And we spend so much of our life just seeing dimly through the glass. But I believe if we're intentional about living a life that hosts his presence, there are divine kairos moments where God breaks in and allows us to, to peer with eyes of faith into heavenly realms, to see his glory and his goodness. And there's just nothing like what happens when you're aware of his presence. It shifts you deep on the inside. Timidity runs out the back door and all of a sudden there's a lion Mm -hmm. in its place. Doubt flees away from you and there's this confidence and resoluteness. Shame, guilt, condemnation, they just blow away. They blow out. In the presence. They blow out. And so I, I realize, wow, God, you gave me a phrase that is actually what you've called me to. You've called me to build a house of praise that learns to press in and gaze on the beauty of the Lord so that your presence boils over. Mm-hmm. And literally, this is what James the Apostle says in Acts 15. So all of a sudden, all these Gentile believers are getting saved, and they want to know what to do about it. And James gets up and he says, listen, Amos in 9-11 says that in the last days, God will rebuild David's tabernacle. 
You know, what did they do in David's tabernacle? Night and day, 24-7, they surrounded the presence of God with worship. With worship. Yeah. And from that place, there was divine revelation, messianic revelation, there, and the nation of Israel had more peace and prosperity than in their entire history. And James is saying, listen, I believe what's happening here is Amos 9-11. And he says in Acts fifteen sixteen, he says, God is rebuilding the tabernacle of David, the place of worship. And he goes on to say, so that all of humanity may seek the Lord. Mm. And I believe the church is called to be a demonstration station that hosts the manifest presence of God through the art of high praise, through the, the art of the heart to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to declare who he is. And that's our, actually our greatest weapon in the spirit against the darkness. So, Mpakataka de Bumbabawe, you are the reason the praise boils over. And it, it will change nations. It will change the whole face of the earth as the Church of Jesus Christ steps into its place of being the bride of Christ, the, the worshiping, lovesick, longing bride of Jesus. And the sound is going to shake the ground and change Change the face of the earth. Amen. And it's available for every single believer. This is your birthright. Right. This is the bread of the children. This is what we're available to us because of Jesus. You know, Jesus goes into another garden, to another tree, and he makes mm. all things new Come because on. of his sacrifice. And it is our honor. And hopefully to to encourage you, to press you that there's more. If you, you know, came from a tradition like me that said, you know, tongues is dangerous and weird and stay away from it. Okay, there might be some truth to that, but there might be some more. You know, I always learned, Adam, that mm. the, um, you know, tongues had to be a known language spoken on the planet at some time in world history. Well, there's been thousands and thousands of languages spoken on the world. Right. And we don't know them all. Right. What I love about your testimony is... First of all, it's spontaneous. It bubbles up. You don't have to work at it. Right. But the other thing is, I don't know many people that have spoken their tongue into Google and come up with something. And what the Lord did, he brings you a dialect from an unknown tribe in Western Africa from the 1850s. Mm. And there's a book in print mm. <laughs> for you to check that. That is the Lord on so many levels. Yeah. And I think in some ways I've only begun to tap what this means you know so much revelation that the lord brings us it's like an onion it's got layers and as we continue to press into it and to press into him and to ask him for greater wisdom greater revelation we find everything has meaning every piece of scripture has so much meaning it's rooted in so much more than what we even understand on the surface you know the 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 treasures, the secrets of God's heart. He wants to reveal the secrets of his heart, but there's a, there's a price to pay, not of a penance, but of a pressing in, of a saying, God, I want, I want the deeper revelation, not because, you know, I'm, I'm a Gnostic and I want mystic revelation, so I seem cool and people want to follow me. No, there's a deep longing in my heart to see the mystery of the gospel unveiled and unraveled in my life and through my life and um everything is just so unbelievably intentional yeah and designed by god you know the firestorm live broadcast is all about encouraging you to step into more of the fullness that jesus paid a price for and my guest tonight is pastor adam cates
from Big House Church. Uh, I've got a couple of campuses. Um, but what I love about you, Adam, there's lots of pastors all over, and I, you know, that that's great. But you don't consider yourself a pastor. I know we've talked about it. You are a a, a welcomer of the presence. You mm. break through and you encourage people to come into the presence. I think it's a unique calling. And because of that, I feel like you have kind of a unique perspective on how to get Christians that's, you know, what would you be, what would you say to someone, you know, I've, I've sat with the Lord, I've, I've walked with the Lord for 30, 40 years, I pray, I worship, I love him, I'm in a church, mm-hmm. yeah, we sing three songs and then the pastor speaks for 45 minutes, but I want more, is, is there more, um, what would you say to that person about them starting to host the presence themselves? How do we get to that point? Yeah, I mean, and I think that's why um, that's why Paul said, "Listen, I'm thankful that I speak in tongues more than any of you." And he's writing to the Corinthians, and 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 he's distinguishing between a life of prayer and a life in the Spirit, and then what happens for a few hours when we gather together corporately in the church on Sunday. You know, and I'm very mindful that what we do on Sunday. I love Sunday services. We have some fun, raucous. Yeah, <laughs> like I show up to church going, man, it's. I want her to be wild today. I, I I don't I don't you know, and I appreciate there's different models of church. I'm not the kind of guy that like I don't get excited showing up to church and seeing the run sheet of what's going to happen every minute of the service. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you know, let's just then let's just record a podcast and hit play and stay at home. We can watch some football. Yeah. It's like no, I show up to church and I'm like, I wonder what God is going to do today. I wonder who's going to have a prophetic word. I wonder who's going to get healed, who's going to bring a testimony that they got delivered from alcoholism and it's going to set somebody free in the room. You know, like I believe that we could do a better job trusting the Holy Spirit to orchestrate our time. And we kind of get obsessed with this thing about God as a God of order, do everything in order. God's order often looks like chaos to man. Um, But I also believe we've got to be careful. um, You know, and I'm mindful every Sunday, people are coming to Big House that have never been before. Maybe they haven't been to church ever before, or they've been away for years. And we want to present clearly the person of Jesus, the message of the gospel, but not in such a clean and canned way that we can just tie a nice little bow on it. I mean, Jesus is dangerous. Well, and that doesn't require any faith to do it the way you said. I mean, if we just have a, a run list and we have every minute, okay, that's a program. And I believe, this might be inflammatory, but I believe the church shutdown that we experienced in 2020 hmm. is rattling that programmatic church because my my friends that are pastors that really have a very organized programmatic church, they are crying out that people aren't coming back yeah they're staying at home yeah and i believe that's because the lord you know at the end of 2019 we were all talking about 2020 vision remember that mm. everybody was talking about <laughs> god's vision 2020 I guess 2020 is hindsight huh yeah and it was uh you know we never knew that 2020 was going to turn into a dumpster fire but oh my god i think we got god's vision which was I am doing a new thing. I'm shaking the foundations. My spirit is going to rise and shine, and it's not going to look like what you've ever done because what you've always done didn't require any faith. Right. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's a substance. And for a pastor like you, 
that's got to be kind of nerve-wracking to to an extent yeah to be able to say okay lord we've got an hour and a half two hours whatever our time frame is i got my message but lord what do you want to do that is a level of trust that yeah it does take a lot of trust and you know the lord really challenged me and a few months ago i um, one of the things I do is I, I've been doing my whole life is writing songs. And, and so I was writing a song recently um, called Give Me Wild Jesus. And, uh, and it's the chorus is, I don't want to be afraid no more. I don't want to lock and bolt the door. I don't want to hide behind being sure. Give me wild Jesus. Now, I don't want to say we can be sure about Jesus. We can be sure about the cross. Mm-hmm. We can be sure about salvation. But I think a lot of times in religion, we use other props to shore ourselves up. Yeah. Props of predictability, formulas of what works in ministry. And, and we kind of unknowingly, slowly, we push out wild Jesus for yeah. safety and predictability. And, and without realizing it, we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because we, we essentially say, well, Holy Spirit, we don't really know if we can trust your, <laughs> your leadership. You might take us in a direction that we're not ready to go or yeah. a way that we haven't gone before. And, and I just feel like throughout history, there are times where God comes and he restructures his church. Mm-hmm. And he normally lets things get shaken. Yeah. He shakes things that can be shaken so that what is unshakable, things that are built on the revelation of the kingdom and Jesus can remain and I think we're experiencing that a little bit right now. And even for the church, this COVID season was that I know for us at Big House, we decided, hey, there's no time like right now the church needs to be expanding. So in the middle of COVID, we planted a second campus. Yeah, that's and audacious our faith. Church, yeah. you know, by the grace of God, our church actually doubled mm-hmm. in COVID. And, uh, and we've seen him do some amazing things. Um <laughs> risk yeah that's what i think that's how you spell faith in the 21st century faith is spelled r-i-s-k i say that a lot on this and it's not risk to be risky or or for the sake of risk um but god's just not going to be boxed in yeah and i i will never disrespect another denomination i will never elevate what we're doing at big houses the cutting edge move of what god is doing and other people are left in the dust you can never move in the moment you move into pride you just lost the grace of god on what you're doing but i do believe in fully owning who god has called you to be in this season in your community and your church in this season and not apologize for it, yeah. even if it's not fully understood by some people or it seems reckless or unconventional um, to some people. Uh, you, you just got to you got to yeah. be you. I think Paul talks about he's like, don't judge the servant of another to his own master. He will report. Mm, so when we judge the servant of another, we're really putting ourselves in the position of God. Yeah, And that's really scary. You know, for people that are just joining us, you're listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert, and it is just our honor to uh, encourage and provoke you that the Christian life is really thrilling and really exciting. Um, You can find out more about us on firestormunited.org. That's our website. And we are on live on Facebook Live on Facebook page, Firestorm United. Hey, what we're really all about is provoking the body of Christ to step into the fullness, get out in the world, and pray for people as normal part of your life. You know, today, Mm. my wife and I were at a meeting with a professional, with an attorney we had to connect with. 
um, just some stuff that we're thinking about doing. And this young woman, she says to us, um, I, I always say, hey, how can I pray for you? How can we pray for you? Uh, she's a believer. And it always gives people, you know, there's always a moment of hesitation. You know, that's kind of, it's sad in a way that it's odd for mm-hmm. someone to say, how can I pray for you? So we said, how can we pray for you? And she just shares some sweet stuff about her family, her husband's 40th birthday coming, just some interests and things. But I was able to, we were able to just speak life into her. It wasn't like a crazy supernatural event where she got out of a wheelchair or mm-hmm. a blind eye was open. But you know what? When you walk away and that person knows that they are loved, That's that it. the Lord sees them. That's it. It's so thrilling. You become a carrier of the presence. Yep. And he'll do that sometimes through just a very simple act of paying attention to someone, or sometimes he'll do it audaciously through a crazy word of knowledge where it's like, yeah. how could you have known that? Well, God just wants you to know that he sees you he and sees he cares. You. He loves you. Yeah, I love that. Well, for listeners that might just be tuning in that didn't hear, I would love for you to share again. Um, the the gift of tongues in the Bible is understood in many different ways. Some people say, look, this has got to be a known language spoken on the planet at some time in world history. Other people are like, no, it's the spirit, it's the you know the, the tongue of angels, and it's out there, and you don't know. Well, I don't really care which yeah. it is. What I love is that you have a testimony of what the Lord did with you with a prayer language yeah. on Virginia Beach Boulevard. What happened? Yeah, so I'm, I'm driving down Virginia Beach Boulevard in my truck, which is also kind of my prayer closet where I get wild and crazy and loud. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, you don't have to shout, but mm. God gave you the ability to shout, so why not? Like, yeah. I mean, it says it says in Hebrews, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered loud cries and petitions. Mm-hmm. And it says that he was heard, you know. And, and sometimes we get religion synonymous with kind of this, you know, reverent, mm-hmm. somber. I just want to say spirit of God to to reverence the spirit of God you don't need to walk somberly yeah. there's a time for that but man there's like the revelation of what Jesus has done for us brings joy it brings I mean I get stoked when I see Odell Belkin Jr. make the one handed grab I'm jumping up on my couch why wouldn't I not jump up and shout when the living God has taken my burden of sin and buried it and given me new life so I don't know. I'd, we just got to stop thinking a little less religiously and more like I think a child. Thinking less about us, yeah. right? Because it's like, how do I feel? What do I, you know, it's not about you. What if it's not about you? The first step Jesus said to be a follower is uh, deny yourself. Mm. Take up your cross and follow me, right? Deny myself means it's kind of not about me. Yeah. you. I'm dead. Yeah. I'm I'm new creation. I've crossed over from death to life. Wow. Well, what is this new creation how does this new creation respond? Yeah. So, yeah, what was happening? So I think what happened with me and this this kind of crazy tongue and interpretation that God gave me is connected with something that God is doing in the earth right now as it pertains to, to worship. Worship and prayer, praise and intercession. I, I think they're some of the greatest weapons God has given us to combat what— Paul calls this present darkness that we live in in the world, and um, and so I'm going down the road, and uh, I, I've been I've been praying in in tongues since I was probably a 15 year old kid, okay. and uh, you know I believe in tongues as a as a private prayer language where the Spirit of God is praying perfect prayers through me. My mind may be 
not comprehending what's being said, but my spirit is engaged, and I believe the Holy Spirit is praying the perfect will of God through me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a time in the church where you know there is a get where someone will have a message in a tongue, and then someone else has an interpretation. We don't see that mm-hmm. as active today. I also believe that it's appropriate at times corporately to sing or pray in the spirit. But I think scripture is clear that we're not supposed to predominantly spend most of our time yeah. praying and our minds aren't fruitful. You know, Paul said, I'd rather you say five words, intelligible words in yeah. the church because the Corinthians were getting together and drinking too much wine and yeah. singing in tongues the whole yeah. time. And then Paul was like, uh, time out. This isn't, this isn't in order. Um, but I do believe that it's appropriate sometimes to, to pray and for for corporately for the church to to sing and, and pray in the spirit, so all of a sudden I'm in my car. I'm going to have lunch with a friend, and I'm I'm using my car as my prayer closet, mm-hmm. and I start praying this phrase that I had never prayed before, and it kind of went like this: "Mpakataka de bumba bawe, mpakataka de bumba bawe." And this I was just singing. Drops it. into your brain. Just drops out of left field. Okay. Never said these words before. And I, I had a sense that what I was singing was African in origin and that it had to do with warfare, worship, intercession. I felt like my 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 core engaged, yeah. you know, and, and, and I just felt like this is deep worship and intercession. And so, you know, I, I recorded it um, and, and wrote the words down just because it, it had really stuck with me. I was like, this is this is different. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. And so later that month I was traveling. I was in Dallas. Um, ministering at a friend's church. Um, and I, I said to him and his wife, I said, hey, do you guys ever get tongues that are like different mm-hmm. than like your normal tongues, you know? And they and she said, yeah, you know, that's happened to me. She said, you should try typing the words into the Google search bar. I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Let's Google it. Yeah. <laughs> you can Google everything else. <laughs> Let's Google this crazy tongue. And so I type in mpaka taka de bumba, the, the words as best as I can spell them. And I hit search, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, a link to uh, the Cornell University Library comes up, and there's a digital copy of a book called A Grammar of the Bekele Language with Vocabularies, written in 1854 by someone named Missionary Preston. So a missionary to the Bekele tribe, which is in modern-day Gabon, which is in Western Africa in a mountainous region. These people had gone to the Bekele people to preach the gospel. Obviously, to preach the gospel, they've got to learn the language. And so this is a very small book of mostly a glossary of words in Bekele and what they mean in, in the English translation. And so I go, okay, this is crazy. And, and years later, uh, a friend from Dallas actually sent me a, a found a hard copy of the book and sent it to me. And so I actually went in and found the words in here. But I, I said, wouldn't it be crazy, this word paka, if this is if this is a real word in here. And I go, I scroll to the P's. I find it P-A-K-A. It means praise. Praise. All of a sudden, all the hair on the back of my neck standing up. I'm like, a praise. Okay. Well, w- well, what about mpaka? And, and I find mpaka, and there's two meanings. It means the place of the garden and a gift. So we have praise, the place of the garden, a gift. And I think, well, what about the word taka? And I find T-A-K-A right in here. It means to boil over. 
So praise that boil. Think about a pot of water when it boils. Mm-hmm. It begins to like overflow. It begins to transform, evaporate. And, and actually, I, I had been studying a Hebrew word for praise called tehila, which is a, a song of an unrehearsed nature. It means a spontaneous combustion or boiling of praise. Psalm 22, 3, you are enthroned on the tequila praise of Israel, the praise that comes from the revelation of looking and gazing on the beauty of the Lord. And it just bubbles out. It like boils a out. Like, yeah, it erupts. A lot like what people describe as this is what it feels like when I pray in tongues. It just comes. I don't It's try. like being in love. It yeah. oozes out. <laughs> you yeah. can't hold it back. It oozes out of you. I find the word dibumba, D-I-B-O-M-B-A. It's in here. I scroll over. It means the cause or the reason. And so I put these words and these phrases together. You are the reason the praise boils over and and i just i just realized that god was give, gave me a almost 200 year old dialect in an african language that i was totally disconnected with to speak to me about my calling mm-hmm. and to speak to me about what he wanted to do on the earth with praise and worship and and even christian music today we have so much further to go to get away from the whole buying, selling, marketing into the, the pure expression that God created music. He created art to reveal himself and to bring glory to his name. And uh, I don't know, man, uh, you could say that I made this up or that I found this book online and I scrolled through and found the words. And if you're a cynic, then go for it. But I know that this was just dropped out of heaven. And- and it's just nuts too because I mean I love this we, we're actually going to put a link to it on the show notes for today's show so you can go to firestormunited.org and you can see the show notes so yeah I mean I'm telling you folks this is a grammar of the Bekele language with vocabularies from 1854 the fact that somebody even wrote it and then the Lord drops that into just this you know middle America guy on Virginia Beach Boulevard I believe, Adam, because he knew that that would fire up something in you that would really set your entire life calling. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It was a word from heaven for me. And, you know, last thing I'll say is this, you know, Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time, Mm -hmm. you know, he had this to say about praise. And I love this because he was a preacher. But he said, listen, praying is the end of preaching. And might we not go further and say that praising is the end of praying? After all, preaching and praying are not the chief end of mankind, but the glorifying of God through which praising and singing is one important form. Preaching is sowing, prayer is watering, but praise is the harvest. And I love that even Spurgeon realized that in heaven he won't be preaching, he won't be praying. The harvest is when people praise and give glory to God. That's going to be our eternal vocation. And I don't think we're going to be just sitting on a cloud with a harp and a white robe. No, we're going to be... We're going to be having encounters with God around his throne and hearing every tongue, every tribe, every language. It's going to be like the sound of Niagara Falls. And I believe he's already releasing that sound in the earth today. And it's changing the atmosphere. It's bringing heaven to the earth. Amen. And, you know, and and I think part of it is if you think, you know, I said a prayer to go to heaven when I die and all this will happen when I die. 
that's not really the gospel. The, the gospel is you get heaven into you right now. Right. You become a new creation and you start living. Jesus said this is eternal life, to know him, mm. Jesus, the son of God. So if you know him, this is the beginning of eternity. Amen. You can live like this now and it just carries over. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible.